Blog Talk Radio. Identity of an 
is Charles Collingsworth at the White House in Washington, D.C. For many of you, this will be your first visit to this historical landmark. Our tour through these hallowed halls will be conducted by the First Lady. Father, and your white great grandfather sold. 
killed my great-grandfather and your white-grandfather raped my grandmother and your father stole, cheated, lied, and robbed my father. What kind of a fool would I have to be to say, come, my friend, to the white daughter and son? Good evening, America. This is your president. Please listen carefully to the announcement I'm about to make. After careful consideration and research, Vice President Duke, Congress, and myself have concluded that black people have not advanced technologically. Their educational testing scores are on a rapid decline. The vast majority of them are on welfare and producing babies at a faster rate than they can support them. And we will not carry them anymore. We are left with no other choice but to put slavery back into effect. All blacks will report to the designated camps in their area to receive further orders. The only blacks excused will be those serving in the United States military and the police. Any blacks who do not cooperate will be terminated immediately. I repeat, slavery is back in effect. We at war! That's what I told you. I know you heard what the president said, and if the nigga don't move, then he's dead. It's time for us to take the stand. Woman to woman and man to man. Blood rushes through your veins, you feel the fear. Who'd have thought that it could happen here? In the land of the free, home of the brave. The year's 95, you're a slave. When they first hear the news Press play and then rewind and review But the message is clear And it cuts just like the knife You don't surrender, they take your life And I remember some movies my mama used to show me Remember the times when they bought and they sold us We are That's what I told you Get a 
them up, Howard. Paul, you conservatives make a mistake. You can't afford to strangle hope in people. Without hope, people become dangerous. No, Howard, you liberals have let them invade our society. You give them jobs, political jobs. Paul, you missed the point. It's only the smart ones we move up. <laughs> that makes it even worse. No, no, we have to move them up. If we leave a smart one in the ghetto, he might develop into a leader against us. But if we raise him up into white society, we neutralize him. He feels compelled to try to act like us. He loses his identity and uh, his racial anger, if he has any. He becomes alien to his brothers. They realize he sold them out and they grow to hate him. He becomes worthless to them and safe for us. That's no thank you. In fact, in his love for the creature comforts, except for his color, he's become one of us. Uh, it's you liberals who have lifted them up, Howard. Paul, you conservatives make a mistake. You can't afford to strangle hope in people. Without hope, people become dangerous. No, Howard, you liberals have let them invade our society. You give them jobs, political jobs. Paul, you missed the point. It's only the smart ones we move up. <laughs> that makes it even worse. No, no, we have to move them up. If we leave a smart one in the ghetto, he might develop into a leader against us. But if we raise him up into white society, we neutralize him. He feels compelled to try to act like us. He loses his identity and uh, his racial anger, if he has any. He becomes alien to his brothers. They realize he sold them out and they grow to hate him. He becomes worthless to them and safe for us. That's no thank you. In fact, in his love for the creature comforts, except for his color, he's become one of us. Welcome everyone today to Africa on the Moon. It's the 25th day of February, the closing out of or near the end of the African History Month. And we're going to have a special program today, and we'd like for you, the listening audience, to get out a pen and a piece of paper, and we'd like for you to take our so-called black history test today and see what can we learn from it. That could be our special project today, so you have time right now, go get your pen and paper. But meanwhile, like always, we welcome everyone to Africa on the Moon. Our theme is black history and arrested development. That's right, black history and arrested development. Like always, our political panelists and analysts will speak truth to the powerful and the powerless. We hope to provide with you to provide you with information where you can use it as a tool for liberation. First by our program, as always, we will introduce our political panelists and analysts for today's program. And we will follow that up with a discussion on what's going on in our world community. And you are welcome to join us by calling in at 323-679-0841. And for the second half of the program, we will do our Black History Test, and we'd like for you to participate as well and see what we can learn from it. So that's the order for today. I'm your host, Brother Africa. Like my as being the host, and as we talk by our political panelists, analysts, we both going to be in the seat and taking the heat today because as we define it, we're going to stand behind it. 
So come and join us as we continue to travel down this road of liberation. First and foremost, like always, we'd like to bring in our political panelists and analysts and like for them to give us a brief introduction of who they are. We'll start off with our brother Anthony Williams, who is the organizer for the All African People's Revolutionary Party GC, and we would like to welcome him to Africa on the Moon. Welcome, Brother Anthony. Thanks for having me, Brother Africa. Revolutionary greetings to you, the fellow panelists, and the listening audience. My name is Anthony Williams. I'm an organizer for the All African People's Revolutionary Party, GC. Objectivist Pan-Africanism, the total liberation and unification of Africa. Thank you, Brother Anthony. Following Brother Anthony, we will bring in Brother Haki, who is a representative and organizer for the African Awareness Association. Welcome to Africa on the Moon, Brother Haki. <coughs> Brother Africa, thanks for having me. My name is Haki Kamathi Mishoki, Carolina with African Awareness. And of course, Brother Africa, you know my thing is institution building, but uh, let me tell you, one of the very real concepts in the society that we have to confront at some point is the role of destruction. You know, previously I talked about destruction as exists among, uh, between the U.S. and countries around the world, but the destruction that reigns inside the U.S. is something that I think people should be, you know, particularly aware of. Uh, you know, one of the things that when we talk about the propensity for destruction in American society, uh, we have to understand fundamentally that the more the destruction, the higher rewards. In that regard, then we got to understand that as, as, as capitalism deconstructs, then the propensity to engage in destruction becomes higher only because there's great rewards in, in that destruction. So we've got to be fundamentally concerned with that. But having said that briefly, Brother Alfred, I just want to read this, this piece briefly in terms of the importance in terms of destruction. Because I think it's key in people under, key in order people understand, you know, just how precarious our situation is in this country. Uh, in event, now the roots of destruction inside the U.S. nation state starts with a business type orientation of the U.S. Constitution that sees the aims and objectives of the ruling class as priority. Uh, in pursuit of those interests, the Constitution does not proscribe or oppose how the pursuit of the ruler's interests should be conducted or carried out. Morality would be deemed non-essential in terms of business affairs. Moral questions pertaining to constitutional issues will be adjudicated in a manner which is conducive to the interests of the ruling class, and the level of killing to secure ruling class interests remains unabated, essentially endorsing a Machiavellian worldview premised on the pursuit of power for power's sake. Of course, the implication of such a view relegates the world to a battleground where conquests are taken with the powerful desires rational. While the world continues to pay the price, pay the price as the U.S. and the West generally partake in this in in the destructive ideology, the impact on the population in the U.S. do not fare much better. Starting with the Holocaust of approximately 60 million indigenous tribes or 90% of entire nations, the destruction resulted in the elimination of all but 238,000 indigenous tribal members, according to some historians. This atrocity was followed by the importation, importation of enslaved Africans in excess of 20 to 25 million who died at a ratio of 10 to 4 for every 10 that survived the Middle Passage to the New World Died. Now, the magnitude and degree of manufactured destruction did not emulate or improve despite documentations of the horrors. 
The next event involved the sanction of war over the right to own other human beings as shadow property. This war, the Civil War, resulted in over 600,000 deaths, but despite the unprecedented casualty count among all U.S. internal wars, the war did little to solve their takes for state-sanctioned killing. It is worth noting the difficulty in reigning in the propensity for violence in the U.S. society, in addition to constitutional statutes justification, is the capitalist system itself. Deeply embedded in capitalism's ethos is the notion of value. Capitalism conflates value with material possessions. The more the accumulation of, of things expressed through wealth, the more value an individual has in society. Upon closer examination of capitalist society, the vertical hierarchy illustrates how capitalist, capitalist, capitalist society is organized. Little one, the individuals employ deception and ruthlessness in their desire to be successful. While defining or incorporating some, being someone in context of capitalist society, obviously those who fail to rise in the hierarchy are perceived as unfit, lazy, or just plain inept, uh, people who are deserving of pain. Ostensibly, repercussions of such values does have devastating impact on both society and how society should view socioeconomic variables and the impact these variables affect individuals beyond their abilities to control. For example, inflation, inflation affects consumers' ability to purchase food, particularly healthy food. While there are structural reasons for the existence of inflation, it would be naive of us to conclude inflation cannot contribute to personal wealth of the rich. In case of corporate corruption and manipulation, it has been revealed by the Center for Political Awareness for every dollar spent, 53 cents goes to corporations who increases prices to consumers. These price increases or inflation is not the result of rising business costs for corporations, but an increase in prices to increase CEOs' salaries. Yeah. The obvious impact on families already dealing with inflation compounds their ability to feed their children. Children who subsist on chips, cupcakes, and fructose drinks because they are cheaper for parents elevates the odds of poor school performance and difference to life and crime. CEO children who have a stable life in terms of essentials like food and poor neighborhoods, the, the, the desperation of the poor lives often manifest in crimes, including killing. An argument can be made criminal activity is not only a means to survival, but a prerequisite of being successful, acquiring spoils from others, either violently or nonviolently. It, it's just not more ironic. The same criminality practiced by CEOs or corporations manifests among the poor. While CEOs or corporations engage in larceny, stealing, and murder, from the citizenry and fraud upon investors and the U.S. public, such actions contribute to deaths both indirectly and directly. Granted, street crimes are more direct and time-sensitive. The impact is the same. Both prosper from activity that harms others. The relevant question to ask is this. Does not capitalism validate such behaviors, such criminal actions? The answer is a resounding hell yes. It goes without saying, destructiveness brings eternal with capitalism. Capitalism's inability to glean lessons from the past and the futility of rationalizing violence persists into the 21st century. A major cohort of, cohort of violence first approach is Georgia's representative, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Greene continues to advocate for a natural defense, natural divorce between red and blue states. A defender of red states, Ms. Greene insists states' rights should preempt or exceed the grasp of federal law that strangles southern states from being truly free. Likewise, she continues to imply blue states are communistic and not worthy of being part of the U.S. Green's prescription for war has been tried before during the Civil War. If she truly understood communism, she would understand the solution to resolving U.S. problems, be they economic, political, social, lies with the embrace of humanity, not more death and destruction. 
Now, unfortunately, the subtle hatred that informs Mrs. Green values exists not just symbolically, but also manifests in real life. Recently, U.S. District Judge James Kahn of Louisiana made a ruling preventing the Environment Protection Agency from investigating violations of environmental laws. Despite areas in Louisiana where toxicity toxicity levels are so high, (coughs) communities of color are 7 to 21 times more likely to succumb to various types of cancers in an early death. The judge ruled these sacrifice zones serve the interests of the broader society. Prior ecological legal precedent held, the impact of carcinogens must be monitored to ensure no particular demographic will shoulder the burden of industrial runoff, resulting in unduly levels of sickness and disease. Judge Kane ruled, despite the over-concentration of petrochemical plants strategically located in proximity to communities of color, it is not sufficient to jeopardize business profitability and the costs associated with those businesses moving. Judge Kane's assertion, cancer alley is inconsequential, communicates much about who should live and who should die. Even though the destruction imposed upon communities of color is protracted and slow, it could be worse. Perhaps targeted gunfire from a group of Trump lawyers will make the point much clearer. And with that, I conclude, Brother Africa. Thank you, Brother Haki. Next, we make our transition to Robert Moses, who is a member of the D.C. Metro Coalition in solidarity with the Cuban Revolution. We welcome him to Africa on the Moon. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Africa, and greetings to everyone within the sound of my voice, especially the illustrious panelists. My name is Robert Andrew Moses, and I've been in the struggle for scientific socialism since from the moment I was introduced to Marxism, the father of scientific socialism, during a government class back in my high school years, 1968. I call Marxism the race to cure racism. I bear witness that there is only one God, Jesus, who is the author and finisher of my faith, and that for his for his messenger for government is Mao Zedong. He said, render unto Caesar, and a Mao Zedong is the greatest Caesar of all times. And uh, fathers, help your children. I bear witness that women hold up half the sky. Therefore, I'm for the Equal Rights Amendment. And I don't reverse correct verdicts. I'm pro-choice, and I vote. The struggle is to unite the many to defeat the few, to overcome our petty differences, and to see our class nature of the struggle. As workers, we are all being exploited, and we have to have a, a government that provides for health care, provides for medical care from the cradle to the grave and is concerned about us as people and not just the profit-driven corporate structure. We have to get these people in place. We have to get these people in power. The struggle is to, to do that. And so I'll leave it right there. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Moses. We now will go to Sister Eleanor who is also a member of the D.C. Metro Coalition in solidarity with the Cuban Revolution. We welcome her to Africa on the Moon. Good evening, uh, Brother Africa. Good evening, Brother Africa, fellow panelists, and to our listening audience in the United States and abroad. 
My name is Eleanor Johnson, and I'm delighted that you've invited me to be on this evening's show. The Palestinian uh, genocide continues to uh, just terrorize the world. Um, The South Africans, as well as Cuba, had stood up, as well as Brazil, and uh, Brazil is now persona non grata, according to the Israeli government, based on its uh, opposition to the awful things, uh, the war. The It's not a war. It's really a, a genocide against women, children, and uh, civilian population. The Palestinians have no uh, military. Uh, they are dying in the hundreds and now the, ten, the tens of thousands. So I hope we'll be able to discuss that this evening. And thank you once again, Brother Africa, for having me on this evening's show. Thank you, Sister Eleanor. At this particular time, we're going to take a rubbish culture break, and when we return, we're going to our first segment, What's Going On in Your World and the Community. And you can join us by calling me in at 323-679-0841 and share with the world what's going on in your world and community. We'll be right back. This is Brother Africa, and you are listening to Africa on the Move. A negative attitude towards Africa. In San Francisco, on African Liberation Day, Brother Walter Rodney, an African historian, noted both the importance of African Liberation Day in terms of our African identity and some of the root causes for our problem of identification. I have met brothers and sisters who say that their mother tongue, quote-unquote, is French, Spanish, Dutch, Portuguese, as well as English, which we speak. And because of this, we have a problem of identification. We do not know whom we are. And that is why this gathering is of great symbolic importance, because it is an act of identification. We are saying that we identify with the African people of the African continent. We are saying that we are an African people. And when we make this identification, have no illusions about the fact that this is a very revolutionary initiative. It is a rejection of every other form of identification which the white society has asked us to accept. Let me draw your attention to something which white universities and white libraries practice. And this is a university community. Numerous universities lie around this land. Go into their libraries and check the Library of Congress cards on the Europe or European. You will find all entries listed concerning the continent of Europe. You will also find entries listed about Europeans in East Africa, Europeans in North Africa, Europeans in Asia and Australia. Look under the Chinese, you will find entries listed not only for mainland China, but for Malaysia and for the Chinese in, in, the, in North America. 
But look on the Africa and the Africans. The only entries on the Africans relate to the continent itself. There are no entries on the Africans overseas. There is no such category. Africans who have been raped from the continent mysteriously disappear and become Negroes. Living in pain, today is the same, and nothing ever changes. Hung by the news, can't tell the truth, filled with abuse, and everywhere there's danger. How long can this go on? When will the light I see? I know I must be strong to last through my journey, yeah, to last through my journey, yeah. Time will arrive when we must decide to get off the ride and stop going through these changes. must prepare and learn how to care, but soon we'll be there where our lives won't be in danger. And when the light is clear, oh how beautiful I will be to know that I've been here and made it through my journey, yeah, and made it through my journey, yeah, 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 made it through my journey, made it through my journey, Hellerino, a bloodline across the waters, from Benin to Salvador Bahia, a scar across the face of the earth. Pellerino, the place they brought the Africans, the place where they tried to make them slaves. Pellerino, you can feel the whip, hear the cries, and see the blood in the red clay. The clay that holds the stones together is African. And each stone is a bone from a people called slaves. Pellerino was the place where death came to dwell. His neighbors did not complain, for he was a way out. From the cold, gray, cobblestone streets to the lifeless cathedrals, tall walls of demons called angels, haunted visions of white faces, crucifying Jesus again and again. But in the sacrifice of this blood, of this dance with death, comes life more rich, more pure, more alive, where death spent many lonely nights pacing the floors of his funeral parlor, waiting for someone to die. Pellerino, a French word called the place of torture, became a place of strength, a place where faces of white saints became faces of black gods, where haunted visions and demons became healing visionaries and orishas from the motherland. And Jesus, 
rejoined his kinfolk and was reborn and baptized in the sound of sensual skin turned up to dance to inspire a fire like the sun pronouncing his presence Pellerino was the tongue of the flame licking the eyes of those who have tried to remain blind shining a light on a spirit that would not be denied no the change did not break the spirit did not enslave the music of my soul did not shackle the will of my freedom did not tarnish the glow of my gold and all the Pellerinos in Africa in Europe in North and South America cannot destroy the majesty of my people the love of my people shining like the sun everywhere we go everywhere we go when the light is clear oh how beautiful I will be to know that I've been here and made it through my journey and made it through my journey yeah 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 to welcome you back to Africa on the Moon on the 25th day of February 2024. Our theme or topic tonight is Black History and Arrested Development. At this point in time, we're going to go into discussing what's going on in our world and your community. And we invite you to join us by calling in at 323-679-679. 0841. And give us a perspective of what's going on in your world in the community. Like always, our physical panelists and analysts, they are independent voices that will speak for themselves and their experiences and does not necessarily represent the institution and program of Africa on the moon. So, on that note, we're going to start off with Brother Anthony. And we're going to ask him, Brother Anthony, what's going on in your world and the community? Can you hear us, Brother Anthony? Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Yes. Could you repeat your question, please? I'm sorry. What's going on in your world and the community, Brother Anthony? Yes. uh, uh, Several things. One... uh, one uh there uh there's uh this uh ongoing violence perpetrated against africans uh in the u s by uh by the by the police and all and also uh you know uh africans on fire uh, because of uh, the people's struggle against uh, all forms of uh, capitalism, imperialism, and Zionism. And uh, this is growing. And um, 
you know, uh, as the uh, as the Palestinians struggle for control uh, for uh, and uh, uh, you know to liberate their homeland from settler colonialism and Zionism, and uh, it's intens- uh, intensifying throughout the world. Thank you, Brother Effie. Father Brother Effie, we're bringing Brother Hakeem. Brother Haki, what's going on in your world in the community? Well, Brother Africa, there's a very interesting story out of um, Chicago with, with respect to Northwestern University, and it involves a question around free speech. So I think uh, this, this this is a very interesting article, so I thought I would talk about it real, very, very briefly, but I, I think it's important that people note that uh, free speech is certainly under attack in the society. Now, the Northwestern Daily Student newspaper, which uses par- um, parody, to convey a deeper meaning behind sociopolitical events has been indicted for articles critical of Israeli onslaught of Palestinians. The indictment itself is unusual in that normally universities seek to negate bad publicity because it potentially could impact enrollment, which affects revenues. In this case, the president of Northwest University vowed that the university will not take a stand on the killing of Palestinians, reversed his pledge choosing to pursue charges against two African students under the auspices of the newspaper's owner, student publishing company, using an obscure legal statute called Death of Advertising Services. Ironically, this statute was used to prevent the KKK in Illinois and Chicago from using newspapers to recruit. Of course, the utilization of this statute is problematic for two reasons. One, intellectual growth is a requirement of college students. Intent of the article was to call into question the inhumanity of killing over 29,000 Palestinians and the historical wrongs that contributes to injustice. Secondly, the intent of the article was to enlighten, not recruit. Clearly, any correlation between the affairs affairs of white supremacists and these students is non-existent. The fact no correlation or potential threat is implicit in simply communicating unpopular news in the, in, in the newspaper, then what conceivably is the real motive behind charging two African students at a predominantly white university? The answer may lie in the rightward drift of U.S. society and the propensity of so many conservatives to perceive any political change as a threat. In the Supreme Court case of Counterman versus Colorado, the court's ruling essentially widened the scope of what constitutes a threat. While the ruling do- <clears throat> does not impact the case of these two students at this time, however, if found guilty, such a ruling could, have, could prove problematic on an appellate level. More importantly, such a ruling by widening the definition of perceived threats increases the potential of increasing numbers of people being ensnared in the criminal justice system. Politically, it lays the groundwork of political communication to be perceived as a threat based upon who may authorize or circulate said communications. In the case of the two African students, conservative media outlets and some right-wing Jewish group were quick to point out the implicit threat of the article, even though no evidence supports such a threat. Without question, as capitalism declines, uh, free speech is the enemy, and certainly we should be, uh, uh, we should be aware of that fact. And I'll close with that. Thank you, Brother Haki. Going to Brother Moses. What's going on in your world? In the community, Brother Moses. Thank you, thank you, Brother Africa. Um, certainly, this coming Saturday, March second, Israeli Embassy in Washington D.C. on International Drive Northwest, 1 p.m. Ceasefire. Hands off Rafa, 
support the Palestinian people. Meanwhile, Trump is having his day in court, and um, also he's having his day on the campaign trail. As he seems to be on a on a road right now, um, uh, so fascism is growing, and uh, it's a shame that. Um, People aren't aware and conscious. Hitler was a real deal, and Trump represents Hitler, and people aren't aware of that. And uh, and they and they and that that's that's the tragedy of this whole situation. Uh, this, uh, Gaza is unfolding right in our eyes. No, un, no question about it. Genocide, and this is the world we're living in. Fascism. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Moses. Sister Eleanor, talk to us. What's going on in your world in the community? Right now, uh, Sister Christine is standing up in the Republic of the Congo and speaking up against the militias and the fact that everything we need for our electric cars, our computers, uh, our our cell phones, etc., etc., uh, minerals that are sourced in uh, the Congo, uh, and she talks. She's talking about uh, weapons of war used by militias to rip apart communities, resulting in catastrophic violence, political upheaval, displacement, and disease. But the Democratic Republic is also, as, as she says, a place of extreme beauty with lakes and forests and lush greenery where absolutely anything can grow if people have an access to learn to grow new crops and develop the community. And she's uh, uh, one million rising, uh, trying to work with the Republic of Congo to help women and girls develop uh, resources in the agriculture, the area of animal husbandry and agriculture. In addition, um, Donald Trump continues to uh, attack Obamacare, and uh, it appears that Nikki Haley has lost uh, South Carolina to Trump. And as uh, as one of the analysts said, that Trump is a fascist, but he's not the only one. This is a growing problem. The real thing that is most outrageous in Rafa are the, what's happening in Palestine. Um, there is literally a war against children and women and civilian populations. The uh, the newborn evacuations from uh, the El Shifa, S-H-I-F-A hospital um, uh, faced uh, harrowing conditions. They literally have seven or eight newborns in an incubator. 
And uh, this is uh, really outrageous to see this kind of behavior towards newborns that a advanced military state would be attacking these newborn children. And uh, the world continues that the West, uh, that includes uh, the United States, Great Britain, and the EU, continue to ignore the atrocities that are being suffered by the civilian population uh, in Gaza, and uh, in particular, newborn children. Uh, They don't have the electricity to keep the children warm, and so they're having to cover them in blankets and literally use body heat to keep the children warm and uh, in an effort to keep them alive. So uh, this is uh, what's going on. You're seeing children set up roadside stands in an effort to sell nuts to feed their brothers and sisters. You're seeing children um, show you where their family lived, but now there are only two children under the age of 10 that are surviving. You're seeing children five and six years old sleeping on the street. This is just uh, 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 something that we, we never imagined seeing in the world uh, when uh, Brazil spoke out about this, um, Netanyahu decided that Brazil was persona non grata and as, uh, in Israel. And Cuba has also stood up in support of Brazil's position as well as Venezuela and other countries have stood up against this atrocity uh, happening. And at a recent meeting in Addis Ababa, um, South Africa continued to confront the issue with Israel. Um, one of evacuation from the Al Shiva Hospital, again, is facing harrowing conditions. How do you move incubated children from a hospital where Israel is threatening to bomb? So uh, that's been what's going on this week. Um, And we hope some resolution, I hope some resolution will come to this issue and these children can be saved. Thank you. Thank you, Sister Eleanor. Before we trans- transfer to our next subject, Ariel, I would like to ask each panelist to briefly respond to the recent reports of the recent shootings and killings on the higher levels of learning at these very universities in states like Florida or Texas and recently, uh, as, as of yesterday, I believe, Tennessee. Um, what does that say about a society when guns become so prevalent, killing become so prevalent in higher levels of learning? Brother Haki, we can start off with you, your analysis on that phenomenon. Brother Haki, 
I, I think it speaks to the overall decay of the society. Uh, one of the things is that, you know, when we talk about the economic disparities that exist in, in the society, we can't be. We have to be mindful of the fact that these disparities adversely impact the way people feel, the way they see themselves, the way they see other other individuals. Superposed upon that is the whole question in terms of the legitimacy of, of these universities. Certainly, the university at one point was a, a source of prestige. Now, increasingly, people begin to see universities what they are, which is a which, which is merely institutions to sort of uh, proliferate. Or to uh, continue the uh, the kind of um, uh, um, um, pro- propaganda uh, that is in the interest of those with positions of power, and not truly re- not truly reflective in terms of the interests of society generally. So I think as people glean the kind of hypocrisy as it relates to universities, uh, universities loses their, loses their status. And so in that regard, I think when people you know who are really feeling frustrated as a result of the inequities of the society. I think they're, 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 I think um, to the extent that they, they, you know, that when they when they actually carry out these kind of these kind of uh, activities on campuses, I think they want the notoriety. I want. I think they want people to to see uh, just how disenchanted, how discontent they are with the status quo. So I think universities serve a sort of dual purpose in terms of in terms of not only elevating, you know, uh, the um, uh, uh, the, the injustice that exists in society, but more importantly, I think it does a very good job in terms of, uh, in terms of uh, just sort of uh, serving as a kind of a, uh, a, a kind of a a, a, uh, a a kind of magnet where these kind of activities are perceived as not only legitimate, but essential in terms of combating, you know, what these people see fundamentally as injustice. So I think that this kind, these kind of killings at the universities are going to continue. I think they're only going to get worse. And I think we can equate it to certainly to the deterioration of society generally, and I'll close with that. Thank you, Brother Hakeem. Brother Anthony, is it also a reflection of the values in which this country is based upon? Yes, uh, uh, yes, it is. Uh, th- this uh, country was, was founded by violence. Uh, particularly against the the indigenous and African people. So uh, you know uh, the fact that uh, that the, that these uh, that the the violence uh, occurs at institutions of higher learning and uh, and uh, other activities uh, is not surprising. To people that know U.S. history, and that it, uh, and that pe- uh, that uh, you know uh, people often uh, you know when uh, you know wage their struggles violently when the uh, when they uh, when, when they have uh, beefs against uh, society. And uh, you know, so is uh, you know is not uh, is not uh, yeah, uh, tragic, but not surprising at all. Thank you, brother Anthony. Brother Moses, what is your conclusion for all this violence on university campuses today in the U.S.? The, you said the values on what did you say? Violence on these campuses today 
in the U.S. What is your reflection of that phenomenon? Well, um, you know, I, um, you know, I've been uh, alienated from the campuses, you know, um, um, but, um, you know, the, the, the overall situation is that people are getting enlightened. Um, um, there is going to be incidents of, of, um, gun violence and, uh, domestic disputes and all kinds of contradictions among the people. Uh, but I think the overall situation is the universities are, are educating people, uh, Certainly, they do uh, perpetuate the interests of the ruling class, but nevertheless, people are getting educated as to how to survive in society, and so it's in their interest to have an education, and uh, the overall situation is that the schools are are enlightening people, and and, um, we're in a revolutionary time right now. Um, I was in a meeting... um, uh, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, somebody was talking about the conditions of uh, how how the conditions weren't right for for um, um, the kind of work we were interested in doing. And uh, basically, he was he was fearing revolution. He was he was fearing uh, the people, uh, the condition. That's the conditions he was talking about. People are up in the up in up in arms about uh, Palestine, and um, that's a good thing. And so, the more consciousness people have, the sooner there's going to be a revolution. The sooner there's going to be a qualitative change, and uh, it's going to take political consciousness because it's a political economy. And it, when the political economy bursts loose of its chains, there will be a new day in the U.S. of A. And I'll leave it right there. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Moses. Sister Eleanor, your response? Um, Violence on the campuses uh, is uh, not exactly new. It's growing. And the U.S. is uh, uh, known around the world for its violence. Uh, on on in schools and now on university campuses and uh, as the previous analyst said that um, these are places that the fortunate uh, few have an opportunity to do uh, phenomenal things in educating themselves and becoming organized in the community and aware of things happening in the United States as well as abroad. And uh, uh, we saw the Charlottesville situation. So this situation in Tennessee is just speaks to what we've seen, you know. Uh, The one thing is that uh, I hope that... uh, uh, we will have a uh, free press to be able to report uh, these issues and make them public. Uh, the press is what's uh, 
uh, freedom of the press is what's at stake right now. And uh, we, we, we see that increasingly the voice of the people is restricted, but the youth on the campuses are able to communicate with each other and have an impact and participate in the mass demonstrations in support of the Palestinians in defense of the planet to reduce global warming, to support labor rights and uh, health and transportation and other civil rights in this country. So all this is is the algorithms that youth are being exposed to on their computers and now further attacking uh, our youth. It's the youth attacking the youth, whether it's in elementary school or on the university campus. And I believe that's being learned through uh, the computers and the kind of sites that they're being directed to. And the uh, chaos or the lack of... uh, uh, regulation uh, of, of the industry and leaving it up to the industry, computer industry, to regulate itself. And we and it's a tremendous tool for communication. So with that, we see uh, this continued violence in the United States. And these manifestos are published on the internet and and they're they're these youth are reading them and writing their own and rewriting their own uh, by a hodgepodge of misinformation and this is a very dangerous in 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 the United States and uh, the world. Thank you. Thank you, Sister Eleanor. You're listening to Africa on the Moon. We're going to take a liberation break. And when we come back, we'll make our transition to doing a special test, a black history test. We critique this test that was created and was done by, I believe, with James, James Stanford. And we can see what we can learn from this. And we'd like for you to get a pen and paper paper, and you take this test along with us. And see, and see what can we learn from this collectively. So we're going to do that when we return. And we want you to remember that this is Africa on the Moon. It's a weekly program that comes on every Sunday evening under the banner of the African Women Association. All views and comments can be sent to Africa on the Moon 2 at gmail.com. And like always, if you'd like to show your love, support uh, to this radio program, you can send your flowers to Zale. And that's African Awareness Association 2 at the Gmail. Or you can cash out us at dollar sign, capital L, small e, small e, small c, small r, small o, small b. We thank you for all support. So we're going to take this revolutionary country break. And when we come back, let's take this test and see what we can learn from this when we return. This is Brother Africa. 
and you are listening to Africa on the Moon.
Yeah, dude. 
Yes, you're right. Welcome back to Africa on the Moon. We are not yet free. We are not yet free. This is Brother Africa, the voice of Africa on the Moon. We're going to now make our transition to, we're going to do an interesting little, we say so-called black history test or quiz. And it came from on the website. There's a there's a article on the website from History Enhanced, and the story is by Jay Stafford. And they have a little survey, and they titled it 35 Black History Questions Every American Should Know. 35 Black History Questions Every American Should Know. Now, I want my panelists to think about that title, and we also will come back and critique this whole process the questions along with the title, and this whole academic little exercise to try to make our people think. And what I want to do at this point in time for my panelists collectively, we're going to try to go through these 35 questions. As we get them right, we'll move on. If I call the first panelist and they don't know, just say pass. I'll go to the second panelist and they don't know the pass. I'll go to all three, four panelists until they have answers. If you don't get it right then, I will give you the correct answer, and we'll go to the next question. So that's how we're going to play this game for right now. At this point in time, we'll start off with Brother Brother Haki. The first question is, what was the triggering point of the civil rights movement? What was the triggering point of the civil rights movement? And your response would be, Brother Haki? Discrimination. Okay, that's it. Correct. Let's go. Let's go. Go to Brother Anthony. Your response, Brother Hackett, Brother Anthony. Uh, the Montgomery bus boycott. You got it correct, Brother Anthony. That's correct. Let's move to question number two. Start off with you, Brother Anthony. Which movement prohibits disparities in race, gender, sex? And ethnicity by signing a law in 1964. Which movement prohibits disparities in race, gender, sex, and ethnicities by signing a law in 1964? Ethnicities, ethnicities. Which movement? The Civil Rights Movement. You would say that's correct. It's the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Civil Rights Act of 1964. Let's go to question number three. Sister Eleanor, which movement of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. happened in 1965 with the Southern Region which movement of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s happened in 1965 within the southern region? If you don't know, just the past. Hold on, Sister Eleanor. Let me turn your mic on. Now, Sister Eleanor, okay. your response. Which movement of what? Of Dr. Martin Luther King? Which movement of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s happened in 1965 
were in the southern region. Civil rights movement, the civil rights movement. That's the correct. Brother Moses, oh. your response. Movement, 1965 movement that, um, I mean, what is the key thing about it? The question, Brother Moses, again, it reads, which movement of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s happened in 1965? We're in the southern region. In the southern region? Yes. I don't know. Maybe the southern leadership conference, um, you know, maybe he kicked that off. I don't know, but... Uh, I, I'm not sure. Okay, just say, uh, you get your answer, Brother Moses. You don't need to elaborate. Thank you. Brother Hakeem, your, your response to that? March on Washington? It was a march, not that one. The correct answer is Selma to Montgomery March. Selma to Montgomery March. Coming back to you, Brother Hakeem. Number four. Which is the court case name? that remove race-based segregation in the education system. What is the court case name that removed race-based segregation in the education system? Pass. Okay. Brother Anthony. Hey. Brother Anthony? Uh, Brown versus the Board of Education. Yep, 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 yep. Sister Eleanor, until I've spoken to, we got you let the children discipline. Coming to you now. Sister Eleanor, which black leader was more inclined towards our movement? Which black leader was more inclined towards um, movement. Stokely Carmichael. Incorrect. Brother Hakeem, oh. which black leader was more inclined towards our um, movement? Sir, my enemy necessary. We're talking about the Battle of the Bird. We're talking about Ma- Malcolm X. That's right, Brother Robert. The answer, the answer Malcolm is X. Malcolm X. Okay, let's continue. Brother Haki, come to you. Who freed numerous slaves in the South was the Underground Railroad con- and were known as Moses of her people? How are you talking? That's correct. Brother Anthony, which Supreme Court case confirmed Black people were not U.S. citizens, so they could not get protection from the federal constitution. What Supreme Court case confirmed black people were not U.S. citizens, so they could not get protection from the federal government and courts? Dred Scott case. Dred Scott versus who? Dred Scott versus... Uh, versus, I'm going to say, um, 
Missouri. Uh-huh. No, it's you got the first part right. Dred Scott versus Stanford. Dred Scott versus Stanford. Okay, Stanford. let's go. Let's, let's, Sister Eleanor, come to you. What was the name of the ship that was taken by enslaved people in 1839 when there was no public movement? What was the name of the slave ship that was taken by enslaved people in 1839 when there was no public movement? I will have to pass. I, I can't think of its name. Okay, Moses. So I know the people off the mask where it happened. Moses? I believe it was... Um... Adams that defended them. It was the Amistad. That's correct, Brother Moses. That's correct. Let's move on. Coming back to you, Brother Moses, take this question. What is the famous colored woman name who worked for slavery abolition movement, women's rights, civil rights, and social equality? What is the famous colored woman name who worked for slavery abolition abolition movement, women's rights, civil rights. And yeah, ain't our woman um um well hammer. Oh you said pass. That's just pass. I passed, I passed. I, I can't remember her name. Haki. So General Truth. Okay. That's correct. Coming back to you, Haki, which state fell in the Emancipation Proclamation? Which state fell in the Emancipation Proclamation? Which state failed in the Emancipation Proclamation? Yeah. I pass. Anthony. Oh, which state failed in the emancipation proclamation. Yes. Uh, say, uh, Virginia? <laughs> no, I don't know. South Carolina. No, it's the Confederate States, the Confederate States only. Coming back to you, other day. Which state? It was the first battle was in South Carolina. Sister Eleanor, we're going by the chest in the wait, question. Wait. So, so it's just not a debate What's here. What's the question? Number eleven. Number eleven. What's the question? Which, which action do you? Which action? You do not have the protection of the 13th Amendment. Which action you do not have the protection of the 13th Amendment? Me, uh, wages. No. What about Haki? How about you? Which action do you not have the protection of the 13th Amendment? Right to vote? No. Well, how about you, Anthony? 
Uh, which conviction of a crime? Well, I also can answer the words crime. Yes, it's crime. Number 12, coming to you, Anthony. Who is known as Queen of Soul and famous for her contribution to black movements? Who is known as the Queen of Soul and famous for her contribution to black movements? Aretha Franklin. Correct. Eleanor. What is the name of the phenomenal black music music artist who is praised for the creation of You Never Can Tell, Johnny B. Good, and Roll Over Beethoven? What was can you repeat the question? What is the name of the phenomenal black music? Artist who is praised for the creation of You Never Can Tell, Johnny B. Good, and Roll Over B. Tobin. Chuck Berry. What is the name of the artist? The creator of three is songs. Chuck, Be- Chuck Berry. That's correct. Number 14, Moses. Who was a phenomenal jazz trumpet trumpeter, band leader, and composer, creator, kinds of blues, and tutu? Who was a phenomenal jazz trumpeter? I guess you gotta be talking about Miles Davis at this point. Uh-huh. Yeah, you're right, 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 brother Moses. Number fifteen, brother Haki. Who was a great, who was a great guitarist, renowned for performing with the band, the Experience? Who was a great guitarist, renowned for performing with the band, the Experience? He was a great guitarist. Chuck Berry. The band, the Experience. Who was it? Chuck Berry. No, what about you, Anthony? Uh, Jimi Hendrix. That's correct. That's correct, Anthony. Come to you, Anthony. Which black inventor originated the super soaker water gun and the Smith phone football in 1989? Which black inventor originated the super soaker gun, water gun, and the Nerf form football in 1989. I pass. Uh, I can't. I don't know. I pass. Okay. Brother Moses. No. Tribute to I pass. It was Lonnie Johnson. Lonnie Johnson. Coming to you, brother, um, Cesar Moore. Who changed the beauty and skincare industry in the USA and was an influential chemist, 
entrepreneurial, political, and social activist. Madam J. Walker. Madam C.J. Walker, correct, Eleanor. Moses, coming to you, question 18. Which black female, great mathematician, worked for NASA and completed with that time racial disparities in this organization? Which black female, great mathematician, worked for NASA and completed with that time racial disparities in this organization? Right. They had it as popular, but I don't know her name. What about you, Brother Hakeem? Yeah, I'll depend. You know her name? No, go ahead, what about you, Anthony? I forgot her name. Katherine Johnson. Katherine Johnson. Come to Hakeem. Oh. Come to you, Hakeem. Who participated in the 1936 Berlin Olympics? and won four gold medals who liked to catch in the film named Race. Uh, Jesse Owens. Jesse Owens, uh-huh. that's correct. Right. Number 20, Anthony, coming to you. Who is the legendary black boxer and a social movement activist? Muhammad Ali. That's correct. Uh-huh. 21, coming to you, Sister Eleanor. Who was the pioneer African-American who defended race segregation in Major League Baseball by entering into the Brooklyn Dodgers in 1947? Who was the pioneer? Jackie Robinson. Jackie Robinson, correct. Moses, which African-American track and field athlete were four gold medals in the in the nineteen eighty four Los Angeles Olympics. Four gold medals in the Los Angeles was that when Jackie Jackie Joyner did her thing? I don't know. No. You have an idea hockey? Carl Lewis? Carl Lewis, that's correct. Coming back to you, Hockey. Who was the player who was the player of Chicago Bulls? Winning six NBA titles during the 1990s. Michael Jordan. I said hockey. Michael Michael Jordan. Jordan. Yeah. 24. Which black Baptist minister joined the Montgomery bus boycott movement and promoted nonviolence protests? Brother Anthony. Martin Luther King Jr. That's correct. Sister Eleanor, 25. Who was appointed by President Lyndon B. Johnson as the first black justice for the Supreme Court in 1967? Eleanor. Farragut Marshall Jr. Farragut Marshall Jr. 26, Moses, who is the color individual with both music and entrepreneurial careers and co-founded Rock A. Solo Records, co-founded Rock A. Solo Records and the fashion line Rockwell. Mm-hmm. Moses, 
Is that Sean Puffy Dick? I don't know. I'm not up on them people. You have you on the right track. It was Jay Z, Sean Carter. Jay Z. <laughs> yes, Sean Carter. Back to twenty-seven. Haki. Who is the chief executive office officer for the lifestyle label Tubu? Who is the chief executive office officer of the lifestyle label Fubu? L Cool J. <laughs> no. Uh, Anthony. Uh, I pass. Mm, mm. I don't know. Pass. It's Damon John. Damon John. Oh. I don't know. 28. Who was the earliest black billionaire and entrepreneur in the United States who established BET, Black Entertainment Television? Um, Johnson. But this last Robert name. L. Johnson, correct. 29, Moses. Which African-American female is a fashion designer and established the high-end fashion label? Phoenix. <laughs> fashion designer, you got me. No, I pass. She's a single. She's from the Virgin Islands, from the islands. Yeah, but I'm not entertainment and pop music and all that crap. I'm not up on their lifestyles and their and their what they do. Well, how, what's that? What's lady name? Uh, Rihanna. Yes, that's that's correct. All right, we can stop on number thirty. We just want to try to get a feel of this so we have this discussion. Brother Haki, which African American actor secured an Academy Award for the best actor? For his portrayal in the movie Training Day, Training Days. Denzel, Denzel Washington. That's correct. All right, Pastor, let's just have a discussion on this little exercise that we just went through. Now it's put out online, and the title of it is "35 Black History Questions Every American Should Know." Just to critique that title, what does that say to you, say to you Brother Haki? <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, other than we should know, I'm not sure what, what it conveys. Uh, I just pass on that question, bro. Anthony? Yes. Uh, it, uh, it, it focuses on, uh, 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 almost exclusively on on uh on uh Africans in the US diaspora for one. And uh and uh it um, it, it gives an introduction to uh African history but it's uh but it's not uh but it's not uh, it's not that thorough in terms of giving a good overview of it. No. Chris Um, It mainly focuses on entertainers. Now, I think recognizing African Americans as inventors is very important. 
but this one mainly focused on entertainers and musicians. And we're such an anomaly in this country until whenever you want to find, you know, you want to speak about us, you turn towards entertainers. Um, You know, we have to think about people like uh, Carter G. Woodson, Madam Walker, or Ida B. Wells, Mary Church Terrell. You know, they're, they're, or uh, the uh, inventor of the blood, uh, what was his name, Charles Drew Jarvis. There's so many uh, scientists and folks out there, and that um, it also lets us know how invisible these people are and how underrepresented black history is in day-to-day society, even under, even in tribute pursuit and board games like that, that we would not know uh, some of these entertainers and these people. So it just demonstrates an absence of, 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 of black Americans and black culture and it also the inventor or the or the writer of the test really uh, spoke a lot about a lot of the questions were focused on entertainers, and uh, it, you you know you couldn't even pick up a People magazine and figure out who these people were because they're not covered, they're not focused on. Brother Moses, your response. Right, right. I think I think it says something about the author of the of the um the article more than anything else, uh about their consciousness and uh and um you know, like they said, the entertainers and um in terms of political consciousness he doesn't get in he gets into her Tubman okay and he gets into Martin Luther King but he didn't get into W.E.B. Du Bois or Secretary or, you know, or, or, um, you know, he, he didn't get into Stokely Carmichael or, 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 um, H. Rap Brown or, he doesn't, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't get into political consciousness. Um, certainly the soul of the black folk was a historical novel. I'll leave it right there. Thank you. Yeah, I was just wondering when y'all going through this exercise, it talks about every American should notice. If you didn't notice, how does how does that square with the theme or the title? Every American should notice thirty-five questions at the minimum. If you don't notice, what does that imply from your perception, Brother Haki? Well, I suppose he's he's uh, intimating that uh, if you if you don't know um, that you're a victim of a cultural of cultural cultural information. I'm assuming that's the, imp- the implication. Um, but other than that, Brother Africa, I mean, I can't think of anything else in terms of the implication. Uh, but I'll close with that. And Brother Africa, your response to that? Yes, uh, he. Uh, every American should know. Uh, it seems like, uh, you know, it seems like, uh, 
you know, uh, a person who, uh, who, 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 who doesn't know this, doesn't know about African contributions uh, to U.S. Uh, uh, society. And the question was, Brother Africa? He stated that every American should know these questions. What happened to those who don't know these questions? Does that sort of eliminate you any or deny you in terms of what you think you are? Well, he at least he's thinking he talked about which every American should know rather than what often said during Black History Month, which every Black uh, American or every Afro American should know. Um, um, it's a quiz. It's intended to be fun and and it's uh, superficial. It looks at popular culture, and it leaves us. He's uh, the author's taking a look at contemporary culture and the role that uh, the role that Africans, as we say on the show, Africans have played in uh, contemporary culture, with the exception of about four. Brother Moses, what's the value known about? Black million males, when you talk about a people history, why does that have the value? And know who are the million males and who, who, who are, are the millionaires? Yeah. Uh, if you're in the class struggle, uh, you might want to know who the millionaires are in terms of uh, taking control of the political economy and uh, their influence might have an influence on 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 the political decisions that you might want to influence. Uh, but, I mean, you know, just, I mean, information has got to be a need-to-know basis. Ultimately, you got to be have some use for it. Uh, um, you know, it's what people's questions say something about them, you know, like your question about Americanism and stuff, there's something about you and your political views about black people and, and American and whether they can be American and that and all that, all that. So it all comes out in the questioning, just like his questions about 35 critical questions or whatever. It, it shows his, his consciousness. And I'll leave it right there. Thank you. You know, we, we talk about the importance of presentation of our history and who write what, and who write what in, and who write what's out. Clearly, he has perspectives like those things he perceives as being important in, and those things that are not important to him out. So, Brother Haki, in terms of critiquing justice, the exercise, what do you say to the issue of, number one, when we talk about writing people in and deciding what is important, what will be your foundation of, of, of trying to identify the important things that African people should know as the foundation in order to move forward? From your perspective, how would you differ if you had to write 35 most important questions that people should know in this country as relates to, and I changed it a little bit, 
And he says Americans, I say as Africans live in this country. What would be some of your thoughts that may be different from what you just experienced? Yeah. I, I think I would oppose a quiz that's much more penetrating. I think I would focus more on the scientific, technological aspect in terms of America, Africa's presence in America. I think when we talk, talk about our contributions to America, I think it's key that we understand that when we talk about our contributions, it's not merely physical, but it's also intellectual. So I think I would, I would deal more in terms of a mixture of the two. Certainly one of the things that he talked about, he talked a lot about athletes and entertainers, and that is ironic because when you talk about African entertainment, the only time people talk about Af- African people is basically in the context of entertainment or, um, or, or, or athletics. So how often do you go to a doctor and doctors start talking about, you know, sports? Like that's the only thing you, you, that, 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 you're, you're, that, you're, that you're conscious of, you know, because of being an African person, that, of course, uh, sports is your thing. We'll, we'll talk about sports. doesn't talk about world affairs. doesn't talk about uh, the situation that exists, you know, you know, in the local community. It doesn't talk about any of that stuff. First thing they talk about is sports or entertainment. So that says a lot in terms of this, this particular person's uh, mindset in terms of what he perceived as important. The fact that he perceived those things as important, saying that the, 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 the validation of, a, of, a, of American society, particularly white American society, is more important than anything, anything in, 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 in any other consideration. So when you, when you highlight athletes' entertainment, then certainly you talk about those things that are that are um, uh, um, those things that are, 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 are in the comfort zone, you know, of, of, of white people. Uh, so clearly, he sort of reinforces a lot of inadvertently he reinforces the stereotypic views in terms of our contributions to 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 uh, to, to America in a way which is not threatening to white America. So I think that's fundamentally <coughs> fundamentally wrong. So I think for me, be much more penetrating and much more. Uh, 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 balance in terms of our contributions to society. I would include some entertainers, some athletes, but I wouldn't focus finally, finally on you know solely on athletes and entertainers. And he did. So clearly, that's that speaks to his desire in terms of you know fitting in. So I think in that context, you know, I'm not surprised you know that he would come up with a quiz that's so weak on terms of real contributions African people have made to American society. In fact, without those contributions, this wouldn't be America. So the mere fact that he didn't highlight those uh, raises some suspicions in terms of his own mindset or his own slave mentality proclivities that perhaps may exist in his mind. And I close with that. I agree with you wholeheartedly on that point, Brother Hackey. Brother Anthony, you know, we said the presentation of history is very important. It was real interesting looking at how he described who Michael Max was. He talked about he was committed to a violent, violent movement. Yeah, I think that I think that says something uh, about the author politically, in terms of where his political views lie, and um, you know, as uh, you know, uh, Brother Haki stated, I would uh, if I was uh, to design a quiz, I would. I wouldn't uh, put so much emphasis on athletes and entertainers, but on uh, uh, on other aspects of our, uh, of our culture, such as the fact that uh, that uh, that an African out of Haiti founded Chicago, for example, um. and and uh, you know. Uh, 
you, you know, an, a, a more broader aspect so that Africans would get a broader view of our contributions uh, to U.S. society than just uh, entertainment and athletics. Well, also, I think one of the things in terms of looking at this, this particular exercise and to measure these questions, it arrested our development. First, it started us all where we don't have no beginning. But more importantly, you're only talking about maybe 100 years of some kind of struggle or contribution where African people have over 300,000 years of history and struggle. And I think mm-hmm. that's where the quote must again, must, you know, have start from the beginning. So what I'm going to do at this point in time, we're going to take a um, local liberation culture break, and when we come back, I'm going to ask each one of y'all to speak to the question of this question of changing the narrative from this type of history to the type of history that needs to be written and presented to our people. But this is what's being presented in the textbook and schools to our people. I want you all to think about that when we come back. I would just like to have your final thought. I was just talking about how to change and challenge these type of narratives so we have more of a dynamic uh, um, history presentation to our young people when they are in these so-called public schools institutions. We'll be right back. This is Brother Africa, and you're listening to Africa on the Moon. Up. That's his real name, Loki. Loki is not his real name, surprisingly enough. I'm all about peace and love. It's an important line there. I'm all about peace and love. Yeah. Okay. They're calling him a calling terrorist. Okay. One nation in the world has over a thousand military bases. Can you guess who? It's. Um, let me give you a hint. Cutter. It is not Luxembourg. It's not just Muslims that that oppose your imperialism. He's going to tell you who it is. Lumumba was democracy, Mosaddegh, Allende. There you go. Okay, so so this is the rapper. All right, that mm-hmm. is music. Bust a beat for me. Right? All right, sure.
is Obama the bomber getting ready for Syria First black president, the masses were hungry But the same president just bombed an African country like The Jonas Brothers are here. They're out there somewhere. Sasha and Malia are huge fans. But uh, boys don't get any ideas. I have two words for you. Predator drones. You will never see it coming. You think I'm joking? Black man, go on and get a cat scan. Our heads ain't wrapped too straight, too tight. We get a backhand, there ain't no Batman in this black land. I wish a rich nigga would come and save the day and pave the way. Ain't no amazing grace. I blaze the haze to remain the faith. 20 years been my medicine, but they want to throw me away for that. Then turn around and legalize it. I wish being black was truly accepted. 400-year elephant in the room. This ain't a new deal. They've been treating us like animals. We're in a zoo still. So let me tell you how I feel. Guilty Conscious trumps common sense every day, y'all. Ignore the issues, look at the victim like it's their fault. As if a wagon ain't harassing, waiting for jaywalkers in front of the building, minding your business. You was trying to pay your bills as if that wasn't to mention. Conjunction, junction, tell me what's your intention. Don't call him king, then treat him like some common folk. You a fighter like Ronda Rose. Rousey move around the rope. Drowsy with a cloud of smoke. How do you do for Maui, bro? Traveling around the globe, you didn't know, but now you know. Early morning rising, my interval long kicking. Birdman hand rubs, feeling my palms itching. I need a spiritual thought with top that's top notch. We watch Black Power Docs and study our chakras. Ooh, child, don't you ever come, come down. You acting like the sun ain't out. We gon' cop a ticket and fly on out of here, fly on out. Ooh, child, don't you ever come, come down. You acting like the sun ain't out And we gon' cop a ticket and fly on out Oh dear black man, tell me what happened You can't be low when your glow's everlasting Then when your ass been on Aspen Like I has been raising the trap when The God talk math and moves with a Mac 10 Not that nigga back then But look now nigga, I'm established Cut camera action I cut lines with my sad card My bitch is packing Then I'm cutting in line with a bad boy They caught him flagging Then huddle around him with a stat chart Look, stay I wake up feeling better than I ever been Check out my melanin It's now the makeup for the mannequin that wants to be the same as the slave on the sedative. You kill culture, I give knowledge, I spit stylish. Crane kicks and Balenciagas and speaking science. And bodegas that grow flavors was taught language. Was taught to talk with the razor from having Spanish neighbors. I fought the haters, court cases and lost paper. Educated killers walking no ladies cross the street. Turn back around, walk across and sell hard to a fee. No turning back now. Rent you and your kids gotta eat. Yeah, black man rooted deep with the blood. 
product of Virginia Black man roses arose from the cold concrete I eat, walk, talk, gritty Snitches get buck fifty One slice buck fifty Both get cut quickly Until they free Goldie Nobody can fuck Talk with about me Oh, child Don't you ever Come, come down You acting like the sun ain't out So we gon' cop a ticket And fly on out of here Fly on out Oh, child Don't you ever Come, come down You acting like the sun ain't out Black became beautiful, then made America great again. See the page in history or see the grave and hate again. I'm from New York, the last state to free the slaves, and now we getting to the point where they rebooting Martin Payne in them. Black man, switch it up, just to be versatile. Why you always mean mugging? Man, it never hurts to smile. Make a record, break a record, get the record straight. I'm just trying to get it going, I'm trying to accelerate. Life alert. Welcome to my world, live and living color, stay low, word to J-Lo, out here with my fly girl, black man, black man, they give you whack answers, they robbing you with Batman, they give you Black Panther, when all our people dying, they think that we need a movie, but the box office don't break off the descendants of Huey, think about it, I'm cooler than the Coca-Cola polar bear, hold up, roll up something potent right before we go in there, Maroon Custom support that shit that touches the streets, puffing a leaf on a corner that gave me nothing but grief, don't come around my way if your whole message is how much you got if you ain't got no fucking shot then don't touch the fucking rock lucy still 50 cent cool what kind of blunts you got you can lock a few niggas for hustling but nothing stops the judge just makes a hero and a young black boy lose their fucking pops and go on a robin spree like fuck the ops phone out of battery black mirror word the windex king of the table of contents human index i handle everything myself the one man quintet let's take it where it hasn't been yet dear black man Worth life. One take. Fuck take. Welcome back to Africa on the Moon. This is Brother Africa. We were discussing this activity that came from a article that was on the internet from History Enhanced, and it's titled 35 Black History Questions Every American Should Know, story by Jane Statfor. We had this exercise just to highlight and try to raise the consciousness of how it's important that our history cannot continue to be arrested. And by arresting our history, you are arresting our development. Because when you create history and you put a people in a container, you create limitations for a people capacity. We know that history more than just what an individual has done or a particular date or a particular place. In reality, we know that history can only be made by the masses of the people, not by one individual. So we thought we'd just highlight some of those contradictions um, tonight and remind particularly our elite, our consciousness workers, and our people in general, 
that we have a collective responsibility to write, defend, and define our history. And we will close out today on this theme, Black History and Arrested Development, by asking our political panelists just to speak a few words to this whole question of fighting for a new narrative of how we define what history is and how it should be approached. Brother Moses, we'll start off with you. Your comments. Well, it's been an interesting and productive evening. Uh, I uh, don't know that I've seen anything or heard anything that that uh, that is counterproductive in terms of the struggle for liberation of our people and freeing our minds from mental slavery. And uh, so, you know, we have to continue down that road of liberation, as you always say, and um, continue to look at concrete struggles and co- concrete issues and uh, shed light on them. And I'll leave it right there. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Moses. Next, we'll go to Sister Eleanor. You will find the thought, Sister Eleanor. Well, uh, it was interesting. I thought you were going to bring up Percy LaVon Julian because Percy LaVon Julian was so important in uh, uh, helping bring about birth control pills and cortisone and He started his work out on the human hormones, even though he was working with plants, with progesterone and progesterone, you know, the male hormones. So, you know, it's always fun. This was fun, and and, uh, um, chemical synthesis is fun, but I think that what this made me think of was the 13th and the 14th Amendment. And the 13th Amendment was so essential to uh, uh, the prison industrial complex denies one a right to earn money if they're convicted of a crime in the United States. And the 14th Amendment, I believe, allows a person who is uh, 21 years or older uh, to vote. And I think the 13th Amendment did something else. If I'm not mistaken, I think it might have been the one that recognized uh, African people as uh, full citizens of the United States, the children born to uh, the the children that were the descendants of chattel slavery. I think there's so much to learn about uh, the descendants of chattel slavery and the Constitution and how it was affected by the former slaves and the descendants of chattel slavery. I mean, a a scholar could do a complete book on... uh, the 13th and 14th Amendment, and how little is known about uh, the descendants of chattel slavery, and how little is taught, 
both uh, in our, in the community, in the African community, and in the schools at large. And uh, in terms of revolution, it's about organizing and bringing people together. And as Megger ever ever said, uh, you know, he said something like, "We should learn every day." And, we should spend time teaching each other every day, that we should hold no knowledge back, that it's important for us all to teach, teach, teach each other from birth to the grave. And that is what we need to do. And um, I want to thank you for this evening's show. It was, it was, uh, Quite, quite fun. I think you should go over the last four questions, Brother Africa, and and that would really give us uh, the panelists as well as the audience a complete view of the author's intent or the author's mindset who um, put this quiz together. And I'm impressed with how much the panelists know about, you know, they just know the history, you know, know Dr. King, know about the march to Selma, but how he didn't mention Rosa Parks. And the only woman he mentioned was uh, Aretha Franklin. Thank you, Sister Eleanor. Oh, there were two women. There were two women, my mistake. The woman out in uh, Greenbelt, Maryland, Miss Johnson, the mathematician from the 1960s. Thank you, Sister Adnan, for your contribution to today's program. We now go to Brother Anthony. And your final thoughts, Brother Anthony. Yeah. My my final thought is that uh, if I was to... uh, uh, de, uh, design a, a quiz. I would I, I would start from Africa, and uh, and uh, I would uh, talk about and it would focus on uh, uh, Africans' contributions to religion, science, and technology, not just. Uh, uh, entertainment and athletics. It would include that, but uh it would include some of the uh some of the other uh, other areas of of uh, cultural life so that uh African uh youth would have a fuller sense of our uh, of our history. And and it wouldn't and it would it would start in Africa as I said, and uh, and not in the U.S. And um, you know uh, you know the quiz is a is a good starter, but I would make it um you know I would broaden it a bit uh, you know to give a a, a foundation. Uh, that uh, that uh, we we uh, and a sense that to, to our youth 
that we can do anything that uh that that other human beings do to survive in this world. Thank you, Brother Anthony, and we'll go to Brother Haki for his final thoughts for today. Brother Haki. Yeah. Well, first and foremost, you know, um history is not as scientific as we think. Oftentimes when we talk about history from a perceptual perspective, people can change history at will, and that's one of the fundamental problems. And so today when we talk about, you know, the origin of human beings and we talk about the contribution of math and science and and when we talk about all those great things, uh, little do we know, understand the, the role Africa plays in terms of disseminating those things to the world because people in positions of control are able to manipulate the history uh, to simply change the history. So it seems to me, given that reality, it's incumbent upon us as a people that we must understand our history. Uh, we can't reasonably expect uh, others to, to embrace the real African history. It's simply not going to happen. In fact, in America, one of the things that they've been spending an enormous amount of time on is liquidating or just destroying African history in the remnants of African history. And so that's going to have devastating repercussions for the African masses of people. So it's incumbent upon African people, African community, to create those institutions, those organizations, to make sure that our children get that message in terms of their history. Uh, and if we don't do that, then, you know, of course, you know, any type of uh, ill effects that we suffer can be attributed to our inaction. So clearly we have our work to be cut out for us. You know, and we, we, we have to make sure our children understand the history. But in closing, Brother Africa, I always encourage people to unravel the matrix. Because uh, one of the things, when we talk about in terms of the systematic destruction of African history in American society, then we understand that that attempt to, 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 to annihilate African history uh, not only has very, very negative repercussions, but more importantly, uh, it simply it, it whitewashes history to, you know, uh, the, the forces of reaction, those very negative, very uh, racist forces that exist in America, whether it be in politics or in the community, uh, it, it, it empowers those individuals to carry out actions, very destructive actions against people who are perceived as, quote, unquote, uh, lacking in some regards. So clearly we got our work cut out for us, and I encourage people to learn that history, create those institutions, those organizations, because our future depends on it. And with that, Brother Africa, have a good night. You say, Brother Hacking, we thank you as well for your participation to our listening audience. Again, for anybody who'd like to look at your, this little test we did today, the questions, we'd like to encourage you to go online and just Google 35 Black History Questions. Every American should know, and you get the full list of the questions. For today's program, we'd like to thank everybody for their participation. We actually have supporters and friends to spread the word. Help us increase our listenership. We come on every Sunday evening from starting at 7 p.m. Eastern time. We speak to the power listener and power folk, but what we try to do is give you information that you can use. You can use as a tool to help liberate your people and to help liberate humanity from all the various forms of oppression. We'll see everybody back next week, and we'll continue to subscribe to before album and backwards novel. This has been our segment on black history and arrested development. Those who control your history will control you. So it's important that we control our own history. It impacts and shapes our development, our conception, our belief in what we can and will make cannot do. So history is very important. It must be wrote from the perspective of the people who make the history itself.
So until next time, this is Brother Alfred, like always. We're in the seat and we're going to take the heat. We're going to sign it and we're going to stand behind it. But we need you to come and join us. Because when we do things collectively, all things are possible. So again, we'll see you next week and we'll leave you with some music and inspiration as we continue to travel down the road of liberation. This has been Africa on the Move.
I'll never hurt you. 
Ana 